0: Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzky with my co-host Tom Gettle.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Conic Blueprint podcast. I'm Tom Gettle, president at Conic, with our recruiting lead, Jen Fitzke. Today, we're excited to update you on the current job market, specifically in the manufacturing architecture and building engineering sectors of the Midwest. My co-host, Jen, is our subject matter expert on this topic. She has worked for Conic for over 20 years, focusing on building and manufacturing engineering roles. Jen, it's great to chat with you about a topic that our listeners are very curious about
0: today. Good to be back with you, Tom. Yeah. And towards our 30th episode. Isn't this crazy?
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's been great.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's going on in the market? It is, it's just impressive. There's all the talk of recession, but there's still such amazing growth in our sector. Sure. Um, specifically in our market. I think we have one of the lowest unemployment rates in our industry and the country, which presents unique challenges to companies that are still trying to hire people and still trying to find people. Yes. And that, that's that been the loudest voice that's come to us. Where can I find these people? And I don't know if we want to get into that right away, but my, my sure. first, my answer is, are you open to relocation? And that, you know, if if our market is working, pretty much everybody who wants to work is working within our sectors. Right. So, we have to go outside our market and trying to encourage companies to do that. That's been the biggest challenge for me right now is just working with companies to make them realize that your candidate pool here, not that it's non-existent, but everybody's working. Right. So your story has to be more compelling than the story that they're leaving. Right. Uh, so there's so much that goes into this. Not only what, you know, do you even have a budget for relocation? But it's not just a job. It, there has to be the story. Absolutely. What's compelling about your company? What's compelling about the position? I can sell Minneapolis all, in Minnesota all day. That's not a problem. I grew up here. I can, I can talk to people about it and how great our state is. But we need other, we need those stories to be built. And there are companies that do it really well. And there are some companies that need help doing it.
1: Right, right. I think if people listen to... The national business news listen to economic news uh, uh, the, the stock market is is going down interest rates are going up and a lot of the headlines are lately they have been about layoffs especially in the the technology sectors in the, the east and west coast some some big name companies have, have been announcing uh, massive layoffs but, but are you seeing that here
0: i'm not i i i saw one when the interest rates started to rise i had one client in the building sector that had one of their clients put a job on pause. So they put their hire on pause and they haven't started that up yet. But that was a, you know, their margins are a lot thinner. They're just a smaller company. They can't absorb those, those project sure. hits that maybe some of the bigger companies can. That was the one and only time I've seen it affected and seen a job actually go away. It's, I'm not seeing it yet. And usually we do. Usually, When the market, when there is a change in the market within our company, we see it first in architecture and then it comes to my building systems engineers, just because they're at that backside of the project. Okay. Same thing too, when the market heats back up, architecture tends to go first and heat back up first. And then the building system engineers and the power distribution lighting engineers get hired. I haven't, I've talked to Colleen and I, we haven't seen the layoffs in the architecture industry start yet.
1: Yeah, we so, focuses on architecture. Colleen is our, yes.
0: Right, yeah. thank you for saying that. Yep, yeah. she's our architecture recruiter and our expert in that area. So we're still seeing strong signs in our sectors for our economy and our areas.
1: And what about the manufacturing sector? Are you seeing any slowdown for talent demand there?
0: I'm not. That with the amount of positions that have come in at all levels from the technician level through design, through engineering, through project management, and sales, we st- we have sales positions, sales engineer positions. They're not slowing down. They're not stopping. We're we, we're turning away projects because we don't have enough recruiters. I mean, wh- that's crazy. And we're not the only recruiting firm that's doing that. I know other right. recruiting firms that are having to turn away business or referring business to other people. Yes, yeah. that's. Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, market. I just think that's
1: crazy. Yeah. So when you do have a professional that that comes to you and says, Hey Jen, I'm just kind of curious what what's happening in in the engineering market, whether it be manufacturing engineering, building engineering, they'd say, you know, I during the economy is slowing down. We've been through two quarters of negative national GDP growth. Many many yeah. people kind of pin that as as a quote unquote recession. And they ask you, Well, how's the job market? Like, well, what do you say to them lately?
0: I mean, I've been saying, I think our CEO, Brad, he was at an event and the state demographer was there. And for Minnesota anyway, they talked about our our economy is not slowing down. We've got years and years ahead of us of, of strength. So I talk about that. But then I also talk about, the, so, so the job market is good. You have to really take a look at why you're leaving for a position. I think- it's changed in the last even two to three months where people were just leaving for more money because everybody at their, you know, they, everybody has a friend, right? That's left and has gotten crazy money somewhere else. Sure. And my, my advice has always been that, yeah, you can leave and go get more money somewhere else when the market changes, because it will. It's just a matter of time when it will watch the economy, watch those statistics like you're talking about. But if you go in and you get this huge raise and you're now at the high end of the salary for that company, who's going to be the first one to get laid off? I know I've said this in other podcasts, but people really have to be careful about going in too high because you now have a target on your back. If I need to reduce payroll and I'm looking at who's paid the most, especially if it's a company that has a history of last one in, first one out. Sure. I'm not saying don't make a job change right now. I'm just saying do it for one, for the right reasons and be realistic about, you know, if you're underpaid, it's one thing to get a 30% increase at the company that you're going to. I mean, I've helped candidates do that. Sure. But it's another thing if that is the only reason that you're making a change.
1: Yeah. You feel like the new company has better leadership, their culture is right. more aligned with their personality. If if the purpose of the company creates passion within the professional and they get a pay raise, awesome, right?
0: Yeah, it just can't be the only reason that you're leaving, you know, is are you getting career advancement yourself? Yeah, those are all the things that the company can offer. But two, of course, we're going to leave for for reasons for career growth, usually, you know, and of course, the company... You want alignment in the company too. So make sure all of those things are aligned. It's the people who leave for money or the people who use the job and to to get a we had a whole podcast about counteroffers. Those people generally in six months to a year find themselves right back to where they were. My whole point, I'm just repeating myself. It just can't be all about the money.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like you said, do you, you always. Be able to find a friend, or find an article, or find mm-hmm. a resource that'll back up your thought that the individual is worth more money, and that very well may be the case. Your caution to that is you just make sure that it's not the the only reason, and that it really mm-hmm. aligns with with your own personal vision for your life and for yep. your career. Does it does Provide it elevate your, yeah. your career? Does it move you closer towards your goals? And if you're not if you're just not feeling it at your current company, whether it be leadership role, the vision of the current company, then. I think to your point, there's plenty of opportunities with companies that that need their expertise.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, we all leave, we all, not we, because I'm not looking for a new job, but when we, the general we, sure look yeah. for a new job, there's reasons, right? You Absolutely. might be unsatisfied with your salary for legitimate reasons. You might be unsatisfied with the, t- I just got off the phone with a gentleman who works for a company who they're not keeping up with the technology standards of their industry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a really legitimate reason to leave. You know, customers are starting to become upset about this and there is no plan for a change. So yeah, that's, of course, he's going to look for a new position and probably will be in a new position in the next couple months here. But I feel like it's a, it's an episode of the bachelor. are you here for the right reasons? (laughs)
1: hey it's really not that far from that a lot of self-reflection on those shows right i
0: don't know if this will make the podcast (laughs) recording and it just made me giggle it just came into my head yeah but yeah the market is still strong back to the ultimate point yeah that in our industries and our market i'm not getting the When it's when it starts, we can always see it because we hear it from our clients of, you know, Jen, we're not going to fill that job. We're going to put it on hold. Our client put their project on hold or even worse, our client pulled the project. Sure. None of that is happening. In fact, they're still in growth mode. Our manufacturing clients, they are saying the same things that we are. We have too much work. We're turning away business. We have to hire more people so we can except the projects that we're turning down. And I'm hearing that on both sides. I'm hearing it in the architecture building industry and I'm hearing it in the manufacturing industry.
1: Okay, great. So let me ask you this, with Minnesota's June unemployment rate coming in at 1.8%, which is not only the lowest rate for Minnesota, mm-hmm. but the lowest for any state in the country ever. Right. With that milestone, what what does that mean for someone who enters the market let's just say hypothetically someone with 5 years of engineering experience they're a well-rounded individual she or he is is smart professional they contact you and say hey Jen I'm ready to look for something new like what could they expect in terms of like maybe like how fast it could move and what can they expect in terms of offers is it one week process? Is it a month, two month process? And then the next step, then what about, you know, like you alluded to counter offers? I
0: Shitter. am yeah. living this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am working with an engineer who um, works in the energy modeling world. So he's within the architecture and engineering industry on the building system side, and then moved into to energy modeling. And he contacted me. It just so happened we have the exact position with a company that's looking for his exact background in consulting and energy modeling. And I said, okay, let's call him Bill. It's not his name, but we'll say Bill. Sure. I said, Bill, this is going to happen very, very fast. You've got two jobs in the last, let's just say 15 years, he has an excellent job history. And this will happen if you have more jobs in the last 15 years, that this just happens to be his situation. I said, it is going to go fast. Are you prepared for this? You know, you will interview, you will get a phone interview this week. We'll probably have an in-person interview next week. And if that all goes well, you could have an offer by the end of next week, the beginning of the following week. And so we had a a discussion about all that because he's not prepared for it to go that slow, you know, or to go that fast, excuse me, because it had gone slower. Right. In past economies when he was doing his job changes. And so I had to work with him and with the client because it's gone exactly how I it would go. And we slowed the client down because they wanted to make an offer. This might come back and not be a good thing for me, but it will be a good thing for the candidate because it's going at the pace that he's comfortable with. Sure, And if he does get an offer and accepts it, he'll know that it's the right decision for him. So I tell people when they come to me, especially when the areas that I know are going to go really fast we talk about that time frame because that's a very typical time frame I had another young guy right out of school but he happened to have a degree that is extremely popular for the industry that he works in and mm-hmm. as soon as we had him out there within 24 hours he two job interviews lined up and within the week he had one offer with a second coming in and you decided to decline the second. He didn't even want to hear about the second offer because he he took the first. Sure, it, they're ready. It can go very, very quickly. So when people come to us and all of our recruiters do this, we talk about the timeline and what they're comfortable with. And one of our questions always is, are you looking to make a move? You know, when does it work for you? And if they have a family, or family, have you planned this out? Well, if you haven't planned this out, we walk them through what the timeline is going to be. And then there are others that do go longer. I know the summer has been, and it's always interesting because the candidate has their vacations, the clients have had their vacations. So we've had to work around a lot of, and then there was holidays. We had Memorial right. Day at the beginning, we had 4th of July, and now we're going to have Labor Day. And then what I tell people too, is we're coming into fall and then into the winter, great times to make job changes. Great times to make job changes. I know people, especially at the end of the year, get a little worried that they would give up a bonus. But companies understand that, and I see more signing bonuses. I don't know about you, but I was just thinking about this the other day. I haven't seen signing bonuses this summer. I see them in the winter. Okay, and companies are making those up for the candidates that are leaving, might be leaving them on the table.
1: Okay, that makes sense. But I like what you mentioned about slowing the process down and, and really working with with each mm-hmm. professional that comes to you and says, Hey, are are you ready for this? Because this could happen fast. And mm-hmm. human nature, people many times they're just curious. They're just yep. no, they're just curious what what else is out there? And they maybe they don't realize that within seven fast days, they could have a job offer and have they really reflected on why they're looking. Have they had yep. the conversations with their family? That's about what might happening um, may happen. So you don't want to have have that conversation towards the end. You'd want to give everybody a heads up. This is what I'm thinking about. Yep. Get consultation from their own family about about what might make sense um, for, for everybody, everyone that's involved with it.
0: I think that's so important too. Because, And I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about Bill, who's who we slowed it down for. And one of his concerns is, you know, this is the first job that I've interviewed for in let's just say 10 years, is the first job the right job? Well, you know what? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Sometimes that first job sneaks up on you. I didn't even know that was an aspect of of this work that I wanted because it's a little different than what he's doing. And it's a little different industry, but it's still energy analysis adjacent um, and inclusion included of that. And so that's a fair question. It's a fair question and it deserves thought. And I want it. Be, I told them, you know, you, you've got to think about this. You have to take some time. I would rather you think about it now. And even if you decline it now, I'd rather you do that now than let us go and get you the offer and then decline it. And then we've gotten the company's hopes up. Right. Because I, I could say I got my hopes up, but it's never about me. I always take myself out of the equation. It can't ever be about me. It's always about them mm-hmm. and what's best for them and the company and what's best for the company. Yeah, I'm hoping that since we slowed it to come back in a month, then I'll tell you if you'll <laughs> <laughs> Not work. Yeah, it's yeah, important.
1: right. It's important. And then, you have to think and then what about, about the direction of your career? Uh, I'm sorry. What what about counter offers and, oh. and how... It's, it's like a love, 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 hate. And and maybe, maybe professional that comes to you, they don't quite understand the longer term ripple effects of having that, uh, you know, like who, who wouldn't, you know, they're, they put in their notice and the the manager that maybe, maybe they they actually enjoy their manager and maybe they just feel a little um, stagnant in their role. And they've Mm -hmm. heard that you can get, you know, 20% more at another company. but who wouldn't, you know, their, their current manager walks in and says, hey, thanks for the letter of res- resignation, but I need to ask, we really love having you here. What would it take you to stay? Or what would it take to keep you here? Mm-hmm. And that's that, you know, there's a lot of security in that. And that's, you know, human nature, I think, wants to stay with what's comfortable and avoid risk. But at the same time, right, there, there certainly are some, some ripple effects in a career. I guess first, like. How often do you see counter-offers? How often do they come up? And what would you what advice do you give to your candidates that are on the phone before they start interviewing for you? And you also want to make sure you're, you're clear about how they might react to a to counter-offer. How often does it happen? And what advice do you give to candidates who kind of have that in the back of their mind? It
0: happens all the time. We talk to candidates and we say, you're going to get one. Hmm. Or just, you are going to get one. So, here, let's talk about it. Because the market at 1.8% unemployment, what company isn't going to try to retain their people? My sure. argument to that is, you should have been ret- trying to retain them all along. You know, if you are losing people, those salary increases, and we do have companies that are making that adjustment, and I realize it's not an overnight thing. There's right. a lot of work that has to go into yeah, it and very a lot of time. It's very complicated. I'm not making light of it at all. But those, you should have been tried to be retained already, both from the company side, but on your side. I'm, I remember you remember. I know you remember. But two, two and a half years ago is really when counteroffers really started, and we were losing a lot of people to them to the point where we all sat down and we talked about it, and we went through situations and in training. We actually went through right. training on how to help prevent these. And once we did that, and the, the best advice out of that was talking to candidates. And I know we did a whole podcast on this and a newsletter on this, how to talk to your boss before you even start looking for a job. I've turned away candidates because they have not had this conversation with their boss and not only turn them away, but coach on how to have this conversation because it's a really uncomfortable conversation if you get in your head about it. But you have to go sit down with your boss and say, and it's not, oh, I'm going to leave or I'm going to go look for a new job. It's, hey, I really like working here. But these are some things I've been thinking about and would like to talk to you about. You know, can we talk about career advancement? Can we talk about, you know, my compensation? Maybe you're at a company where you haven't had a raise for a few years. There's ways to have that conversation with your boss. So first of all, we have that conversation with the candidate and then either go do it or they say they've already had it. I'm going to trust that they've already had it. And then we talk about, okay, if you've, if you've had it, it's, it's one thing for a company to sit down with you and have a conversation when you're not leaving. It's another thing for them to sit down with you and you actually now have a number and a title to tell them that you're leaving for. Mm-hmm. My argument to the candidate is why did you have to quit? Why did you have to give your notice to get that raise and get that title to get that counter offer at your current company? One, that shouldn't have had to happen. Two, you now unknowingly, if you accept it, you have, I've said this before, but you have a target on your back. If we get to the point in the economy where it does change, there's um, layoffs happening. You've already threatened to leave once. So there could be that hanging over your head.
1: It's a question of loyalty at that point.
0: It is a question of loyalty. And to that point, there's a second point to that is when the opportunity for advancement does come and it's between you and another person and that other person has been loyal the whole time, didn't quit at one point and take a counteroffer, they could be seen as the more loyal candidate. And I've heard that from companies. That's not me saying that. I've heard that from a client right. so they're they're dangerous and they don't work there's and it's not just me saying to so go google counter offers and search them they the the statistic of people that end up leaving in six months to a year is very very high
1: yeah yep, yeah, yeah definitely and it, it's wise like to your to your point it's just it's just it's wise it's it's a better conversation to if if possible sometimes just the relationship the, the leader just right. isn't open isn't receptive to have that conversation but. When possible, I think your your advice to have that conversation up front before you even think about updating your resume or your LinkedIn profile to network for a new position If you have that up front, then, you know, then you kind of know you can read the tea leaves on on, on what the response is, what what the probable outcome would be. So to take care of that on the front end then then a smooth sailing for the rest of the process.
0: Could be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Should be.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah. So the last topic I wanted to, to touch on is, is a topic that I think everybody is kind of top of mind is, is very popular is uh, the idea of uh, hybrid work and work from home options. What are you seeing with your clients, your customers in terms of offering these benefits?
0: It's easier if, if, there, if the position isn't tied to a manufacturing floor, it's, it's easier. So sure. our consulting companies, but even our consulting companies, I will. Say, There is a huge conversation with companies going on right now about the culture of the company and losing the culture of the company. And what is our culture of our company if we are now remote or hybrid? I was talking to a leader in a meeting the other day and she, they had done a lot of hiring during the pandemic. Now they have returned to the office three days a week. And the people that were hired during the pandemic, when they were 100% remote, Are having trouble adjusting in the office because they're bringing different attitudes. They're bringing different, they're just the culture isn't there. They're having to, they're having a little bit of trouble assimilating to the culture of the company in the office. And it's, it's, there's friction as a result of that. Sure. So that's why there are companies that are insisting on either a hybrid or back to office. But there are still companies that are willing to do remote. I, my consulting, engineering companies, it's a little easier for them to sure. accommodate the remote practices.
1: But by and large, are you seeing, even even on the, the consulting engineering side, you're seeing most companies returning to at least a, a hybrid right. three days a week. Yeah. Sounds...
0: Three days a week in the office. Some are, most are three. Okay. Yeah, most are three.
1: Okay. In the manufacturing engineering world, you know, so much of the work is just done on site. You're, you're seeing you're seeing mostly right. five days a week?
0: Mostly five days a week, unless it's an office position within the manufacturing company. Like we have a cost estimator right now that that one is allowed to work hybrid, but it okay. does need to be, it can't be remote because that they do want this person to be able to get up and run to the manufacturing floor if they need to track somebody down just because the work is so time sensitive.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that, make, that makes sense. The idea is, is flexibility. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, and from a location standpoint, it's, it's incredibly difficult for our manufacturing customers to say, okay, this group of people, even though you're not working hands-on, five days a week, we need you in the office for yeah. culture, for teamwork, just for everybody to be together five days a week. It's a challenge. Are you seeing any flexibility in terms of work times, hours shifted, anything like that that would help with that, the idea of uh, flexible workplaces, flexible arrangements?
0: Yeah, what's interesting in the engineering community, I haven't been asking that question because it's always been flexible. There's always sure. been these core hours. When I think of my engineering community, most, not all, a lot of a lot of engineers like to work really and early. So they're in by okay. six or seven, they're out by three or four. It's kind of always been that way. So I haven't seen a change in greater flexibility than that. There might be more companies. Okay, there might be more companies that are willing to be more flexible where they maybe they had an eight to five before and now they've realized. Yeah, so I guess I'm, and yeah, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> there are more that have been become more open to it. Yeah, it's always been there. It's just who's more open to it than they have been in the past.
1: Sure, sure. Fantastic. Well, I think this is a great place for us to wrap up. Jen, appreciate the, the talk. Always, it's Good always uh, fun to get your insights, get your thoughts um, on the job market. How can people get in touch with you, Jen?
0: I am at Jen at And you can find me at Jen Fitzke, F and Frank, I-T-Z-K-E on LinkedIn.
1: That's awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much, Jen. Have a Thanks great day.
0: Tom. You too.
1: Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint, brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at ConicNetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast.